everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited. We have a very special interview for you today. It's so much fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Anne is here. Hey everybody. And yes, we have a double interview today. We are talking to Antonio Cayon and Rakia Bernard is here. And thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. For having us. Yes. <laughs> Well, so what we thought we would do is just start out, kind of get an update about how you're both doing. And this has just been such a crazy time. We, we last spoke to Antonio in June, and that was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. Not that I compare and contrast, I really don't. Um, <laughs> but that was a really wonderful interview. And, uh, and then we talked to Rakia in January. So boy, has a lot changed since then. Uh, but um, Antonio, how how has the summer uh, turned out for you? I know you have the restaurants that you run, and how's that ended up? Uh, how's that been for you? Yeah, that that has all been really good. We came out of the uh, we came out of the lockdown over here, as far as the restaurants go, and we slowly got back to it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Vancouver, BC, has been pretty lucky in terms of how the lockdown has gone. We're actually right now like as of kind of today or possibly this coming Thursday, we're in the first uh, like really dangerous zone that we've been in a long time. And I anticipate the province is gonna offer some version of a lockdown. We're already on um, don't see your friends quarantine. So <laughs> that's happening right now. Um, uh -huh. But for us, uh, from a work point of view, for me, like that just doesn't mean anything. I'm still working kind of all the time at the restaurants and uh, and we're doing a lot of what we were we were doing. Last time we spoke, I was talking to you about the staff meal initiative and the work that we're sending out into the community. And right now we're kind of doubling down on those efforts and figuring out what it looks like around the holiday season. Cause you know, we hadn't projected this far um, to think that food insecurity was still gonna be a thing or that there was still gonna be these many, you know, difficulties. And so um, our, our, our companies are, we're collectively looking at who in the city we can kind of like look to help and, and develop partnerships with. So that's kind of what my, my day-to-day -day is right now. I think that's great. I think and none of us could have expected this. It was kind of, kind of funny in, uh, in I think July or August, we, uh, we started offering uh, masks on our uh, merch store on TeePublic. If you go to there and uh there were some christmas ones and somebody okay. said in the comments like oh no don't don't do that we're not gonna have this at christmas and i was like oh uh, uh we, we wish not i'll, I'll take a christmas mask <laughs> that's right that's uh, yeah <laughs> and uh, so yeah i think a lot of us were hoping that uh, it was all going to be done with by the holidays yeah. but yeah sadly not so much but we're in it we're in it yeah, it's been an adventure. What about you, Rakia? How has this whole experience been for for you? Did you uh, did you do any uh, quarantine baking or anything like that? Yeah, um, the whole experience has been. Um, it's that weird double edged sword where <laughs> it's bad and it's also good. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like I um, the when things locked down in March, um, I bunkered down with my family, and you know, in hindsight, I was thinking, never would I have said, guys, we need to take two months off of our lives uh -huh. and spend every single waking hour with each other, and we did that, and it was a beautiful experience. Um, I wrote a ton because I was mm -hmm. acting. I was kind of like, oh, what does, 
an actor do when they're not an actor, right? <laughs> um, I did yeah. that. I cooked like crazy, <laughs> like super creative stuff. Like it was, it was like, I mean, my husband was like, you're becoming very uh, arrogant now with your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you try this? Did you try this? Like I would pay a lot of money for this. I would compliment like myself. <laughs> um, so it, it turned out to be a very creative time for me uh, amidst this um, awful, awful experience where people are dying, getting sick, and don't know what their futures are looking like, mine included. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so it was that kind of double-edged sword thing, which then got punted forward uh, with George Floyd and all the police yeah. killings that happened. I was doing a lot of writing and that, that just that just got on steroids after that and I couldn't stop writing. I haven't stopped writing. So when you say writing, what kind of, uh, I know we're going to talk about your uh, Derbecki article, but, but um, I, what other stuff were you, were you writing screenplays or yeah, primarily nonfiction? Yeah, I was doing, um, I don't know if you've heard of the Julia Cameron book, um, The Artist's Way. It's like, yeah, you know, until oh, yeah. <laughs> I've owned this book since 2004. It makes you write a contract that says like, yep. I will do this every single week. I have never in all these years finished it <laughs> until the, until quarantine. And um, I had started pre uh, coronavirus. I was just, you know, new year, January and all that. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the lockdown just allowed the space to really, you know, and one of the exercises that you do are called morning pages where you write three pages longhand, just what's, whatever's on your mind, just get it out, verbal, verbal diarrhea, excuse the expression. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and it got to the point, oh, I don't know, by month two and a half not even no earlier i was sick and tired of complaining about life like everything pre that was just like why isn't this like the same old crap that you complain about in life right i got sick and tired of that that i just started writing um uh, stories uh in script format of of things that were happening with me with my friends stories that we had like gossiped about with each other and I would write way longer than, than three pages because I just, I had to. And then I was like, oh, these are, these are kind of cool. And I just transposed them into final draft. And next thing you knew, I had 12 episodes of a web series. Oh, uh, wow. So that, like that's where it started. And then it just, oh. it just, it just snowballed from there. You know, I think a lot of people have had that experience with this. Yeah. Um, one of my friends uh, that I host a different podcast with, him and his wife and their friends that live in the same kind of apartment complex, they they did a web series yeah. that they did together just for, for fun and to learn and to learn new skills and, and other things like that. Uh, it's called Wormholes, if anyone wants to watch it. It's pretty fun. And uh, I think that, that that's, that's, that's the silver lining is when you, when any time in life, when you can take a negative and make it into a positive, that's, that's, that's the way to live. I think that's the gift of 2020. Like, I love the fact that this, this crazy year is called 2020 as a perfect <laughs> vision. Yeah. And it's like, I guess our vision has been really skewed all, mm -hmm. all of these years past. And now like the rug has been lifted up. We can see all the dirt that we've just been shoving underneath there. Mm -hmm. and we can clearly see what 2020 is for each of us. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and also I think a lot of things that we would have said, I could never do that. I could never do that. And yeah. then all of a sudden you figure, oh, like I could never homeschool my kids. Oh, yes, I can homeschool my kids. Or <laughs> I don't I want can to. never. <laughs> I don't want yeah. They don't want me to either. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have had variations on that, you know, that I can never make my own bread. Oh, yep, I can. I can make mm-hmm. my own bread or yeah. whatever it might be. I think there's, there's something kind of empowering about that. So that's cool. Um, that's Sorry, great. Um, we want to congratulate you guys on getting leads in Christmas at Evergreen 4. We are so pumped. We're so excited. Uh, we have our own um, um, chat for all of our hosts. There's nine of us. Okay. And when we found out, everybody's in the chat. Oh my gosh, did you see your key and Antonio are going to be the leads in it? <laughs> no, we were so excited. Everyone's like, yes, I saw. Congratulations. We're so happy. So we're really excited um, okay. for you guys. And um, I want to ask you, um, how did you guys find out that news? And uh, what does that mean to you? You go, Antonio. Uh I mean, I, I can I can attack how I found out about it first. Okay. I um, since last Christmas in Evergreen, I became friends with Zach, the writer, mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. We would just kind of get to writing each other, and at first it was it was just chit chat, kind of about nothing. And certainly as 2020 ramped up, um, more and more things were happening in our lives, and and on both of our Instagrams were, were quite active and you've seen Rakia's Instagram, like same thing. Like we, we all have a very similar outlook uh, and we're posting things, we're challenging ideas and, and going at it and whatnot. And so I just got like a, a, a quiet, quick message from Zach one day, <laughs> just, just kind of saying like, heads up, uh, we're writing this around the two of you and we're gonna, we're gonna sort of finish what we started. So that was, that was how I found out about it. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. How'd you, um, what did you hear? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Listen, listen, they've been teasing at a lead for yeah. years for me. And it got yeah. to the point where it was just like open conversation where I'm like, when do I get mine? When do I get mine? I'm yeah. in Winter Weekend, which I share with Taylor Cole. And I love doing that movie. But when do I get mine? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Ricky, it's coming. Ricky. I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. And then, uh, and then last year's Christmas in Evergreen, I was like, it'd be pretty dumb of them to not indulge the yeah. rest of the story because it's like, what happens to Hannah and Elliot? What happens to yeah. Michelle and uh, and Thomas? And it's like, they're gonna have to, yeah. gonna have to bump up those two storylines because the audience is gonna be like, mm, they're getting married and you know, mm-hmm. are they? So, um, so I, I kind of had an inclination. Um, yeah. I'm really, really glad that they came through on that. Well, I don't know anybody that that wasn't their favorite plot line of the third movie that everybody that I talked to agrees that that was the best part. I I figured it was either going to be you two or Holly and and, uh, her story. And I guess it kind of is a mixture. Uh, You don't have to do four. Yeah. Yeah. Because that makes just, it just makes sense. Yeah. That it, so it did, when you found out, did you like squeal with delight? <laughs> did I squeal? <laughs> uh, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm a stinking actor uh, <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't believe anything until it happens. You got the until, uh, yeah. no, until it comes out. Yep. That's yep. How bad I, yep. I, 
fight for everything. Antonio will tell you I'm relentless about it. I'm just like, it's not happening. It's not happening. Okay, yeah, she said action and I'm doing my thing, but it's still not happening. It's still not happening. Okay, we got an air date. Great, but it's still not happening. Still not happening. Until it's live. Until it's live. Live tweet along. (laughs) And so I wasn't wasn't squealing as 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 more so like just being like, okay, let's get to work. Let's make it the best that we we can. Yeah. so that they have to air it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so that was basically yeah. like you were like okay this is the first step of a long process kind of yeah. thing for yeah. you yeah. Yeah, that's how I, I okay. approach my career in general. The first step of a long process. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know, Antonio, it seemed like on your Instagram you had a little bit of squealing. I had something I had something very different. I, I would say that um because of everything that had been happening, mm-hmm. uh, it was extremely important to me to believe that Hallmark was going to stand up and uh, change change what they were putting on the screen. That was that was a, a it, you know I, I felt like I had gotten to some version of a not a crossroads, but I, I had gotten to this place where I was like, I don't know how to move forward against the backdrop of my own integrity if yeah. this company isn't able to see me and see us and see this movement and see, you know, 2020 and all the dirt under the rug as yeah. something that, that, that does matter and that, that is here. And so I was, um, I, was, I was prouder of them than I thought I would be when I started yeah. to see the changes that they were making. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so certainly like for me personally, I, it took a long time for me to actually stand up and to say, this is happening. Uh, I've always been, I'm a little bit like Rakia in this regard. Like I'm a person who books a vacation, but I don't believe it until I got my swim trunks on and I'm in the water. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just not, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't get stoked. Like I could be in the plane and the plane. It's not real to you. About. Yeah. It's just not, yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up for me, but uh, I was chatting actually, I was, I was texting one night with two people. I was messaging Zach, the writer, and I was also messaging a good buddy of mine at home who, uh, who I, I, he's an actor as well. And I treat him as like my manager. I'm always like, I'm, I'm always looking to him for, for wisdom and for advice. And, and he delivers every single time. And one of the things that we talked about was how much I believe in, and I say representation matters and how much I do for my nieces and how much I do for my, for my little guy. And like how I live that, I try to live that world. And all of a sudden I went like, wow, me not talking about this is actually being dishonest and disloyal and disrespectful in this moment. I have to stand up and say, hey, hey, little Antonio, who's 13, this is coming. This is happening. This is possible. You belong here. And so that was that was as close as I got to like my squeal. That was like, mm-hmm. that was it for me. I, I it um it it mattered to me to turn and to say, we're doing this, we belong here, and we're not we're not going back the other way. Like we're done with that. So. Well, and just after we had talked about the Hallmarkies for Diversity podcast that we did, you and I I just, it, it was kind of a, a you, you kind of approach it like, oh, is, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And then, and then they announced, I mean, we didn't even know at that point whether they were going to yeah. have any movies at all. Yeah. And uh, cause that was in June. And then they announced, and it was just like every movie, it was just, not every movie obviously has divert, has the, has the leads that are diverse and everything, but it just felt like every movie 
had something that was fresh and new and i was just so happy <laughs> i was like oh, what yes 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 it was, it was very exciting yeah so was, exciting was an impressive thing to like sit in the middle of having mm -hmm. having been here for a while right like yeah like I've, I've i had the moment where i was in something and i was like oh i gotta see where it is and scrolled down the hallmark page and went yo this doesn't look like me this doesn't reflect me I, mm -hmm. I don't show up there and so this year to be able to scroll down and to go like yes yes cool all right everyone's coming to the party was yeah. really yes. exciting and it, for me at least it made being on set you know we talk about like getting to work like Ricky and I got to work like we were like you know hosting <laughs> our own script meetings and like and, and figuring out how how do we bring who we are to what we're doing so that so that we can stand there as, as two people who have lived our, our lived experiences with integrity and look at each other and go like, we're in this, let's do this. Yeah. This, is, this is for more than just us. It is, mm -hmm. you know, that was exciting. And the movies have been really good. I yeah. would watch every single movie that they have released, I would watch again. And <laughs> I normally can't say that. Yeah, in fact, yeah last, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. In fact, last year, the very first movie that they aired, oh, I yeah. was not a fan of. Yeah. Uh, but they, they've been really good. And I mean, then they started out with such a good one with Deliver by Christmas, uh, which is has a, a, a diverse cast, interracial relationship. It's really so fun. And uh, I love that. I give it a perfect score, five, five crowns. I, I don't normally do that. So they're just doesn't. making really, really good, good movies. And, uh, but Rikia, I wanted to ask you, real real quick i wanted to ask you about the, your dear becky article and maybe you could explain to the listeners kind of a little bit about the article we'll put a link in the description so people can read it but what what was the article about and what were you trying to say with dear becky Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's hard <laughs> uh so dear becky was an op-ed that i wrote um with um, not with, uh, I wrote it on my own, um, for the YVR screen scene, a local uh, podcast and, uh, and blog uh, that promotes uh, British Columbia talent and, and the entertainment industry. And um, Sabrina Furminger runs it and I'm friends with her. And she approached me to say like, I think he has something to say because I mean, I always do. And um, and it was at a time when, of course, you know, we had the triumvirate of uh, racial killings between Ahmad, uh, Aubrey, God, Antonio. I'm gonna mess this up. Um, Ahmad and um. Ahmad Aubrey. Ahmad Aubrey. Thank you. I was having a dyslexic moment. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, Breonna Taylor, and of course George Floyd. Um, there were others, but they just didn't go viral. Yeah. And um. And a lot of people were approaching me being like, oh my God, how are you? And I say, people, I'll be straight up. Um, there are white people basically coming at me and they were friends and well-meaning and everything saying, how, how are you? I hope you're okay. I didn't realize how bad it was, blah, blah, blah. And my response with, to them was like, I appreciate you reaching out. However, these police killings and racially uh, provoked uh, violence um, it happens regularly. I know about it all the time. So the better question is, how are you doing? Because I feel like you are awakening to the fact that racism still exists. 
And even though I've spoken about it, you haven't really acknowledged that. And by you singling me out and calling me to see how I'm doing, you're kind of angling things mm. in a way that puts the focus back on me as opposed to yourself. And I think you got to wake up now. Mm -hmm. That's what well, you're avoiding. And I had that conversation, like my phone was blowing up like crazy <laughs> that week. And I, was just yeah. like, and, I, and I got sick of it. Yeah. And, um, and so Sabrina approached me and, uh, and I mean, not many people know that she's a woman of color herself. Um, and that's a, something that she has written and talked about a lot. Um, and, um, and I decided to write from the perspective of a letter, kind of the way how I was talking to my friends, but also incorporating um, uh, what I do for a living, uh, which is being a part of the entertainment industry, which I firmly believe perpetuates stereotypes. And because of those stereotypes, life ends up imitating art and people of color are treated in a certain way. People who are disabled are treated in a certain way. People who are gay are treated in a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. And I was sick of it. Um, so I wrote an article called Dear Becky, as if it was the black best friend writing a letter to the white friend who of course is the star of the movie. And I wrote it in the voice of romantic comedy, um, but I just broke down what I believe um, the stereotypical tropes that we see are and breaking them down and how they're affecting real life. So that was Dear Becky. Um, yeah, and we could do a whole episode just on this and we probably should and we could, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I thought it was really Powerful. moving. Yeah. It was Thank really you. good. And I, I, I think it, it definitely made all of us think uh, about our our behavior and how we can do better and uh, i just thought it was really honest and i really appreciate that you that you wrote it thank you it was, it was really thank great you. thank yeah. you yeah and i mean i think it it's got a the more that the more that we kind of speak our truth and the more that we share our experiences i think the more that we'll see we'll see change and like you said we we've already seen it even a little bit a little bit i mean a little bit i, I want to see the long term of it sure. all i think about yep. the 90s was a black renaissance of filmmaking mm -hmm. and you know there was lots of black tv shows on the air there were yeah. lots of black movies ernest dickerson who like i he was he gave my first job and he was blowing up with juice and and like and then all of those black filmmakers just yeah, went that's a good point. In the 2000s. And so and that was a decade. And so I'm like, okay, here we are in 2020 with yep. clear vision. Are mm -hmm. we going to want to put the blinders back on in another 10 years because this is just too hard? I don't know. I hope not. Um, what I think Hallmark is doing that's great is uh, they've really shifted how they're putting out movies and who they're casting and whatnot. But it's not like the black renaissance of filmmaking in the in the 90s was very it was still quite segregated there were black movies or there were mm -hmm. you know all the other ones yeah. where hallmark is just like no love is love and so yep. now we are just mixing everyone yep uncle bob's gay and um <laughs> right yeah. and, and and that i don't know if you can really get rid of that you know um yeah what I hope is that there's a, a uh, an awakening in society in general 
um, that allows these stories to continue and to, and to grow and to blossom into much deeper and richer stories as well. Um, because I mean, I look at my kids and they're going to be, oh God, of dating age, <laughs> you know, in like 50 years and, um, and like soon. And, and, you know, that's going to be a new era of people who are watching TV and stuff. And, and hopefully because of this moment, what they expect will be reflected, you know, but this is the work that we have to do right now. So Antonio, what do you think that the listeners as viewers can do to help us not revert back? What can, mm-hmm. I mean, because obviously you as actors and Hallmark as producers can actively make choices, but as, as far as in the production of the content, but as far as the consumers of the content, what can we do to encourage this? That's a great question. Consumers specifically for Hallmark, I'm, I don't know that I know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I have a, a dead on answer um, for that. One of the things is, is if you, <laughs> this is, this is not just for Hallmark, but like, if you do see something that you don't know something about, get curious. I think mm-hmm. one, one of the things for me that, um, <clears throat> that, that I, that I write a lot about and I talk a lot about is um, I, I feel like actually what we're looking at is a really big failing of education. Mm-hmm. Um, like right across North America. I feel like one of the things that we're looking at is education that has been withheld from people. So that we're not able to see all angles. And I'm not interested in telling somebody what, what is and what isn't, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that critical thought and curiosity are, are at the, have to be at the center of beginning to see things differently. And so what I, what I do think is really beautiful is that as we're talking about right now, the casting of Hallmark and to some extent the writing of Hallmark is starting to pepper in faces and voices that we haven't heard before and we as consumers uh, you know on the on the other side in front of our televisions have to start being able to look at that and wonder why we haven't seen that before um, and and get curious and even get excited about the fact that we haven't seen it before but we're seeing it now and start to ask why Uh, and, and and I do think that just that action will start to move things forward because you're not having someone answer a question for you. You have to, you have to be willing to, to confront the fact that what's on the screen may not be a mirror of what's in your household, right? Like up until now, we've been able to, we, certain consumers have become numb to watching these movies and they can just kind of like put them on and the world looks like my world. So I never really think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, they're looking at a world that doesn't look like yours. Look, I was at work the other day and I was talking, you're talking about TV shows in the nineties. I was talking about sister, sister. And I was like going on and on about sister, sister. And it took me, I swear on my life, it took me a solid five minutes before I checked in. And I was like, none of you have seen that before. None of you yeah. have even heard what I'm talking about. We have- <laughs> We have different lived experiences, right? And so for mm-hmm. the first time, yeah. Hallmark is bringing a lived experience to a group of people who haven't had access to it. And they're saying, here's access. What are you going to do with it? Um, and I know in, like in our last one, you know, we talked about there are going to be people who will close the door. Okay, close the door. That's, mm-hmm. you know, like you're going to open the door eventually because you want your Christmas movies. So, yeah. so if this is what we're putting in front, I think, mm-hmm. I think that is, it, it behooves us to start to ask, where has this been? Why, you know, like, like Rukia said, when she was mentioning speaking to her friend, it's like, don't be worried about me. I'm worried about you. Like, why have you not had this thought before? 
Mm. Um, and so there's this there's this really soft lob of an opportunity watching Christmas movies to start asking these questions. And Hallmark uh, on the back end has this new opportunity to start bringing new writers to the world, new directors mm. to the world, new producers yeah. to the world. You can bring new lived experiences. Like Zach, exactly. Zach brought in yeah. a new writer for Christmas and Evergreen, whereas it was him alone last year who who is a white queer male in an interracial relationship. And now he brought a woman of color to the scene. Mm -hmm. and there are two writers and I go like, right, the story's gonna change. Mm -hmm. She sees mm -hmm. us in a way that you can't see us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so I, yeah. I, I think both, you know, th there's a symbiotic relationship mm -hmm. that's required, but certainly as, as consumers um, love, love the Christmas movies with all of your heart, but also like, you know, start to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. well, we also have to remember it's it's not show fun times it's show business it's a business yeah. and so if we show army becomes a hallmark hallmarkies <laughs> army and be like we need more of this exactly. yes that's like, right yes. it's like, true i feel like a part of me getting this part was because of the fans like i've collected so many tweets instagrams like at Hallmark Channel, when mm -hmm. is gonna be the lead? I was just like, wow, yes. oh, <laughs> thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you so much for doing that. It means the world to me, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and I think like that speaks volumes because it's public. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're dead on. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antonio, what you were saying, it made me think of a famous quote from Roger Ebert where he says, and forgive me for reading, he says, we all are born with a certain package. We are who we are, where we are, where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. Yeah. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. Yeah. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps you to identify with the people who are you who are sharing this journey with us. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's really, really true. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It I mean, like quotes off the top of the, the cuff. It makes me think of there's I don't even know. I can't remember who this is. It might be Winston Churchill. I'm not sure. But it's like it's that quote that's evil will prevail when good men and women stand by and do nothing. Mm -hmm. right? And it's like yeah. these are like the, the quote that you just had by Ebert and this are, are kind of the two choices. We sit by and we mm -hmm. do nothing and all of a sudden we go from the 90s to 2020 and the dirt's back under the rug and the rug has been nailed down or the rug has now come up and we start to go okay i'm not going to do nothing i'm going to do everything i can and from the inside understand that that as a as a consumer you have a lot of power you know to help to to influence the narratives that are getting told told mm -hmm. on the on, on the on the big screen you know like there's something yeah. beautiful about that well, and just how much better your life is too, when, if you're talking about Ebert, what he's saying about uh, uh, welcoming in the people that you're sharing this journey with, identifying with them in a new way, how much better your life is if you, if you don't have the limitations of, of people that you can, uh, you can spend this time with and get to understand and try to be a better person. I, I think it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. It's really fun. And so, well, not to switch gears too much, but, but, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so you have this new Christmas and Evergreen movie and do you feel like that it is going to be, uh, different from the other three or, 
uh, it's, I don't know, what do you, how do you, how are you feeling about it compared to the other that you've been in? I, I think it's a little bit different um, because the other three had, you know, the new girl that comes into town and mm -hmm. gets wrapped up into the evergreen world. Mm, that's and true, yeah. Whereas this one now, I mean, there is a new girl that comes to town, um, but uh, you're really getting to know who these town people are yeah. um, we we learn more about the people who run the Kringle Kitchen, uh, Joe and Carol. We learn mm -hmm. more about Michelle and Thomas. We learn more about Hannah and Elliot, of course. We learn more. Oh gosh, just just everyone really. Their stories beef up a little bit more, and uh, and for me, it just made me fall in love with the characters even more. Um, just to to know and like in interesting connections that happen because of of, uh, of filling out these uh, characters a little bit more. Yeah. Do you agree, Antonio? Yeah, entirely. I mean, uh, I I wasn't there for the first two, obviously, and and I was I was there last year. But the one of the differences for me was that this year felt like even though there was a love story, but there were multiple love stories, it was a love letter to the town. Like Rakia said, like we really got mm -hmm. to like meet who the people were, meet how the place came to be, why they want to be there, like what the relevance is mm -hmm. generationally. You know, it, it, it just feels like in the past, we were kind of like anywhere America that happened to be, you know, the epicenter of Christmas. And, and I, you know, I haven't seen a final edit, but certainly from, from living in it, it, it felt as though this town could only be what it is and who it is it's like there is no other evergreen um after you kind of get to see who these people are and where they came from and why why they care um yeah so and, and i and i think that was a theme that was kind of touched on at other times but it it, it felt very much like evergreen was a, a really important character this time okay that sounds good yeah i like that yeah, so you had a new director this time working yeah. with Lee, Linda Lisa. Um, was that we actually? I got to interview her. She's so fun. I uh, to it. What's that? I said I, I listened to it. <laughs> oh, good, yay! <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? Ricky, was that fun working with her? Oh, it was so much fun working with Linda. Mm. She is so detail oriented. She is so. I don't know. I mean, Sean McNamara, the last two ones, and Alex Zam, the first one, they were great. But to have a female touch on it, mm, was, yeah. just, I don't know, it's hard to really articulate what specifically was different, but it was just a different approach. Now, granted, you know, I had a lot more work to do. <laughs> so maybe my my opinion would be different if you know sean or alex had directed me in this capacity right um but uh working with linda was so awesome like we would talk off camera just about our kids and 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 just I don't know, we both love Aviator Nation tracksuits and like, where are you from now? <laughs> um, it, was, it was just really sweet. She would come into the makeup trailer every single morning to wish everyone Aww. a good day. And it was just a different vibe, you know, and that's not to throw shade at our other two directors because they mm -hmm. were awesome and got yeah. it, but part four. 
Um, but Linda Lisa, she, she, I'm, I'm really happy for her because she's a new director as well. And I thought yeah. uh, she knocked it out of the park. It was she seems it. like she'd be a very good calming presence on yeah. set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The energy, the energy on set was was certainly noticeably different. Mm -hmm. um, like she, she, and and I, you know, I credit that to her. <laughs> like, I think whatever it is that she walks in with, whatever whatever it is that that sort of fuels her, she's she's cheerful she's happy she's excited yeah. she's full of joy like she's 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 doing a thing she loves in the moment not in retrospect yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it's not like she looks back and like that was a great experience and like she's in it and she's like this is great <laughs> like, <laughs> it's oh that's awesome yeah. um you guys tell us what it was like filming in covid with the restrictions and the, the mouth the mouthwash for kissing and all this stuff you know <laughs> tell us what that's like <laughs> You go, Antonio. You go. I mean, it's weird. It's it is. Let's let's get let's get the the let's get the the political part out of the way. It is important. Yes. It's yes. Very important. Yes. And we are happy that it was there, and all of that. We're we are supportive of it, but it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It takes you out of it. Like you have like four steps. We're sorry. We're not only talking about intimacy. Like we're not just talking kissing. We're talking about like if you are standing too close to rehearse yeah. you have to go through this whole rigmarole which yeah. is washing your mouth out with hydrogen peroxide that has some mintiness in it which is nice sometimes but it foams and it's not nice um spraying your mouth with like a, an antiseptic um doing washing the hands gargling was there was there something else like it's all it's all these oh, things the sign in every single sign morning every day, the there was you know a couple of people on set all day they're just regulating and like they have the power on set if they see any tomfoolery none of it is corrected they're <laughs> like the movie's done movie's yeah. done y'all are done yeah they trump the network yeah. right? yeah, <laughs> so wow. it is serious so and like um, sanitizing and like cycling yeah, temperature checks like it's it's a weird 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 experience even the way how the script is designed is COVID considering. Yeah. Um, so they like proximity. They just, like, what's that? I was just saying, like, like scenes are written in such a way that like you're not all together. Yeah, yeah, not. and mm -hmm. a minimal amount of characters are there. Like, just they they've been doing very creative things to make it work, um, but it's it's certainly different, right? Um, what I think though, that because like, you know, the big, big, you know, big table scene, you can't have that anymore. It, 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 it invites the more intimate conversation yes. with people. Um, and, and for me, I mean, circling back to my previous answer, I feel like that's where certain characters got to know other characters mm. as well, because you got to have like one-on-one -on -one time, which just requires revealing of the soul of the character, you know, and, yeah. um, and, for the audience, I imagine that's kind of cool to be like, oh, I never knew that about Carol. Oh, I never knew that about Joe, right? Yeah. Um, and that was all, in my opinion, I mean, ask Zach um, and Shari, um, <laughs> that was because of COVID, like, okay, we gotta write this thing now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the whole like, Oh God, like the mouthwash and then you know, have you washed your hands? Like all did, that kind of did stuff. Did you get tested? You know, a lot oh, yeah. of that? Yeah, you have to get yeah, tested a lot. 
having <laughs> someone pick my nose has become completely normal now. Doesn't bother me one bit. Like someone, I feel like strangers have picked my nose more than have shaken my hand yep. in the last few months, man. Uh, it, right, Antonio? Like, I don't even think twice show. about it anymore. It just doesn't. No, it's just like, okay, lean back. Yeah, uh, I hear people <laughs> complain. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not, it's fine. <laughs> but it's not because i've been tested myself it's not even i think that's putting it nicely it's more like picking your brain there's there's different tests out there so yes. we're not necessarily getting the one where they go up into the nasal cavity i yeah. have that one mm -hmm. i feel you girl like it's it crazy it's invasive it's it beyond invasive because you feel it like afterwards for like an hour oh yep. my like, gosh i don't know about like that's when when i got it down it's just like oh my god like the tears just like started oh. coming down like get out and like, <laughs> 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 this is awful man what oh that that's bad right yeah. um, the one that we got on, on set isn't they go fairly up but it's not in the back of the nasal cavity yeah. but oh, they pick good. both nose and they don't like they don't switch the thing for whatever medical reason so you get a wet one and then the wet one goes in the other one you're just like mm, there's not, nothing sexy about this stuff <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like i hope i'm not asymptomatic right yeah. i want to be yeah. working and pay my bills so um, you know it, it also <laughs> induced a new type of fear like yeah. I would wake up and I'd be like, I'd be like, am I, do I have a, oh my God, uh, uh, I'm panicking. I have to go to set yeah. and I'm like, am I sick? <laughs> and then, you know, within yeah. five minutes of waking up, you're like, no, I'm not sick. I just woke up. Like I've lived like this my whole life. But yeah. you're questioning yeah. things yeah. the way that you've never questioned it because That's the rest are, we're done. Like it's just yeah. over. You know, I have to say though, what I do appreciate about it yeah. is like, people don't show up to work sick anymore. Boom. You know, you have, like before you were like, oh, you know, it's just a little sniffle. It's whatever. Oh, a little sore throat. Yeah, I feel like I'm coming down with something. Like yeah. you cannot say that publicly anymore, right? Yeah. And on set, there's just a, you can't do that. Like I'll never forget when um, I was shooting uh, one winter- Proposal. Proposal part two, yeah. Yeah, I remember I you saying that. Yeah, I was sick as a dog. Like I did the first week fine, and then something happened. And by week two, these movies take three weeks to shoot. By week two, something knocked me flat on my butt. Like I left set mm. to go into a corner and fall asleep. Mm. I have never just like straight up like just. <laughs> I have never done that. <laughs> I was sick. Yeah. And because, you know, I'm starring in that movie, I can't, I, we couldn't be like, you need to take the day off, Rikia. You can't do that. You can't, yeah. I mean, they rewrote stuff and they, they did the best that they could, but I'm not replaceable. Antonio's not replaceable. So, um, and then once I got sick, and I think it was someone else from set as well, um, it just, you know, people just started dropping yeah. like flies for the next two weeks. But in the yeah. past, that was completely normal. Just normal. Completely normal. Yeah. And now that's just a no-go. So that gives me like a lot of hope to be like, okay, I can actually get through this without the like so much paranoia about getting a cough mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, certainly not doing cough. I mean, I've had instances where you not on, on the Hallmark show, but where you do like kissing scenes and your partner is sick and you're like, and they're like, action. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to. No. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And they're like, like tick tock, tick tock. We're paying you, and you have, you had to do it. Now, 
They yeah. Never fly. They just don't do that anymore. And it's funny. It feels like even back then, from the inside, it feels like such an unreasonable ask. And from the outside, it's like, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And so you just did it. And now now it feels like, oh, we're finally, sorry, we're all on the same page here. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. This is not a thing we should be doing. Yeah. Sometimes we're strangers, right? Like we're not, we're not talking about people that even know each other or in that way. You're just like, I just met you and we're doing the scene today. It's like, what? Yeah. I've thought about that too, even just as a critic that uh, I would have screenings where I would go where I was really sick and I was just trying to, you know, make it as a critic and trying to hustle. And, and, and there was one time when I fell asleep for almost the entire movie because I was so sick. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was, I was just kind of thinking lately, I was just thinking, what was I thinking? I mean, that's obviously an optional activity, but I was just trying, you know, I was trying to hustle. I was trying to, it was a different time that's the way how life is structured you know you have sick days and you can only take so many of them then yeah. over into like it's, it was just built into our society in general to so, think that way yeah. yeah 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 so you're sick whatever okay action go yeah yeah by the way antonio rakia rakia antonio okay go no. <laughs> just go we don't know each other but go right that's why we hired you mm-hmm. um so that was the way it was and the gift with covid and the small little gift is that things have shifted that way and yeah. I think that goes across industries. Yeah. And truly, like, no one wants to work when they're sick. So it is a bit of yeah. a kindness now. No one like, wants to like, work with you when you're no sick. No one wants to work with you when you're sick, right? Isn't it, isn't it funny, though, that there are so many things that have been socially acceptable that now because of COVID, you can't do. But when you look back on them, you're like, like, we used to blow spit on birthday cakes. <laughs> this isn't that's not like an archaic practice that was that was like seven months ago that was like in january <laughs> we, would, we would hold a cake in front of like a three-year-old that doesn't know how to blow air and they would yeah. just oh god oh, I, 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 january i was like everybody everybody come on come on <gasps> oh <laughs> god uh, yeah. i know so hopefully you know like at, at, at the very least you know we're talking silver linings that are coming out of this we're yeah. looking at things differently and saying we maybe could treat ourselves better yeah maybe we could treat each other better like what would this look like yeah 2020 vision yep, 2020. <laughs> well i mean it is true because uh most of the time as adults our lives are just about doing the same repeated activities over and over and over again i don't care if you think you have the fanciest job in the world you still do the same set of activities over and over and over again and in but not in 2020 (laughs) that's been one change it up (laughs) well well we're really excited about the new movie i think it's gonna be really fun it's always a joy to get to go back to evergreen and we're just so excited for you too and hopefully it'll be first of many uh, lead roles and yes so we we like to end our interviews with some fun questions right some fun silly and this is the we have the holiday edition here for you both are you guys ready ready all right favorite holiday drink rosé <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah rosé okay antonio that's the holiday drink that's my thing spiked eggnog is my jam Okay. All right. Nice. Um, favorite holiday cookie or treat? Uh, well, we go to our cabin a lot, so we make s'mores. Um, Ooh, so I good. love that. Yes. Anything with a marshmallow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, I guess they're a type of shortbread cookie, but you know, those, 
blue tins of cookies. Oh yeah, that, like, butter you cookies. Open up at the wrong person's house. There's sewing material in there, and you get angry. Oh yeah, yeah. Those, that's my. I'm like just. That one, okay. Those. Yeah, those are really good. Basic cookie on the market. I should be embarrassed about it, but like, <laughs> I will crush that tin. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever you like, that that's good. <laughs> uh, favorite Christmas song or carol? Uh, I love growing up. Oh, holy night. That's a good one. I learned how to play on the piano. Oh, nice. Antonio? I can't do Christmas without taking down the entire Boney M Christmas album. Daily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daily. So, nice. There's that. All right. Boney M, though. I mean, <laughs> what? It's great Christmas. You're going to have to have a link for that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. so. <laughs> and I could be like, if you don't know, it's like it's like Caribbean Christmas carols. It's amazing. It's the best. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Hey, so yeah, hey. you're gonna have to send me how to spell that because I don't even know. I'll send it to you. I'll send it okay. to you. Okay. All right. Um, favorite holiday tradition. You go first, Antonia. I'm first the last two. Well, I was just thinking like we're kind of building our our new traditions. My 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 little guy's only two and a half. And so we're just, we're just kind of like finding our way in it. Growing up, honestly, my favorite holiday tradition was eating saltfish and bake on Christmas morning. That was, that was it for me. Like it was food-based. Um, okay. Saltfish and, like, salt and bacon? Bake, bake. Like biscuits, like bake. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like saltfish and ackee and then like bake on the side, like this, like, like, like hard, hard dough or sourdough bread. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I, like, we're two years into, like, trekking into a field and cutting down our own Christmas tree. And there's something, like, I didn't grow up doing that, and so I quite like it. But I have a feeling that it, this answer in 10 years is going to change. <laughs> of, like, what lights my kid up? Yeah, that's probably true. Nice. Uh, uh, ditto. Yeah, <laughs> we grew up with ackee and saltfish and rice and peas in a very West Indian <laughs> everything having a reggae lilt to, to it yep. um but now especially with our cabin we uh go out and we cut our own tree and decorate it and my kids really love making their own decorations and we have a very eclectic spread now for our <laughs> um so i mean that's been i mean when was it last year or two years ago we cut down like a 10 12 foot tree it was huge huge oh my gosh wow yeah we couldn't even reach the top of it so that sounds hallmark worthy that really does amazing that's my (laughs) brother-in-law who was like we're gonna take that one and then we had to haul this thing out it was really memorable it was really memorable that sounds great all right the next couple you're gonna choose one or the other so scrooge or the grinch grinch yeah grinch okay uh clear lights or colored I go colored lights. Uh, nice. uh, <laughs> snowball fight or build a snowman? <laughs> snowball fight. I mean, yeah, that's that's a more fun one. <laughs> uh, do you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Terrible. Awful. Okay, <laughs> you both Awful. agree that you both. Uh, what do you have? An ugly Christmas sweater, and what's on it? If you do, I used to. I made mine from like the dollar store and then going to the second hand store and sewing stuff on and then moved. I like purged a whole bunch. So I got to make another ugly sweater. Okay. I, I have, I have one right now in rotation and it has Drake on it. And I think it's, 
I, I couldn't find anything funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I love that. Oh, great. All right. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> very good. You passed the test. It's very exciting. You did it. Good job. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to have both of you on. And uh, so we're really looking forward to the new movie. And do you have social media and things like that you'd like to share? What about you, Antonio? Antonio, you go first. My so my social my Instagram is just my first and last name, Antonio Kaon. Okay, and great. Just follow me. I talk a lot about nothing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, he doesn't talk about nothing. Really, really <laughs> cool. Um, uh, and I'm Rakia Dot on Instagram and Rakia Bernard on Twitter and Rakia Bernard on Facebook. But they're all connected. They're all attached. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. Yeah, and hopefully, Merry Christmas. Thank we'll you. hopefully have you on again, again another time soon. <laughs> we, we appreciate all the support in uh, sort of, you know, not, not just the Christmas movies for us, but the Christmas movies for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. It, oh, like, yeah. for, for, for me, this has been really exciting getting to know you both because I didn't, I, I didn't know you before this. And I feel like we met at a very um, interesting time. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and for me, that's like a, a pretty bonding experience. So, you know, I, I appreciate being able to come back on here and, and talk at least a little bit on the other side of something and kind of in, yeah. In, yeah. in, you know, in and around a movie like this. And, and uh, thank you for hosting us. Oh, yeah. Cool. We're looking forward to the movie. Will you guys be live tweeting? Oh, yeah. Maybe. We will be, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be there. <laughs> well, we'll have all of that, all of your information in the description. So, everybody, Check it out and let us know what you think about all the things that we talked about. We would love to hear your insights. And uh, thanks again to everybody. And we'll talk to you all later. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'd like to thank Rukia and Antonio for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk with them. And Anne, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AWScott21. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. Make sure you're following the podcast to Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us out so much. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We have our patron group, which has behind the scenes watch alongs where you get to hear from the creators and get to watch the movies. It's really fun. So if you want to participate in that, any level patron can join in only $2 a month. We just had one with two turtle doves, director Leslie Desmarandis and producer Kevin Duda. And it was really fun. So take a look at that. We really, really appreciate it. And then we also have our merch store, which has tons of festive designs. So please take a look at that. And uh, we have right now, if you go to homemarkiespodcast.com slash Zoom backgrounds, you can download the Zoom backgrounds. Just uh, like free. Yes, that, that I have here. And there's several different ones from Jessica Miller and they're free and just really fun and our little Christmas gifts to all of you. So check that out. And thanks again to Rakia and Antonio and thanks Anne. And we'll talk to you all later. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.